I'm going to need your help with me. Uh, we've got the best nativity set that you can get at Walmart for $9.97 up here. And I just need your help, especially kids, uh, helping me figure out which characters belong in a typical nativity set. Just shout them out whenever you get it. Who's first? Jesus is first. Look at that. We got somebody in the back. Who else do we got besides Jesus in that nativity scene? It's pretty lonely with just him. Mary's always second, isn't she? There's something about Mary. We always want to get her in there. That's good. Who else? Joseph is good. It's always good to have Joseph there. Oh, that's the shepherd, not Joseph. Uh, where's Joseph at? Oh, here he is. Okay, Joseph's got a lantern. Ooh, fancy. Who else? The angel. I didn't have an angel in here. Oh, my goodness. The three kings. All right, the three kings, even though the Bible doesn't say there were three of them, it says they brought three gifts, and we know that they're dudes, and that one of them would have forgot one. So we figured there were at least four of them, right? Who else? A shepherd. There we go. And then we've got some assorted ones here on throughout the store. We've got, uh, there's a, another wise man. There's a sheep there. Are you guys having trouble seeing this? It's a little small, isn't it? I feel like it's a little understated here. Let, let me see if we can do this instead. Let's, let's see what we got here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, this, is, this is definitely better here. Let's see what we got here. Oh, yeah. This is, we borrowed this from the Vatican. They flew it over the other day. Pope himself delivered it. Look at this. All right, here we go. We've got all the characters in here. We've got baby Jesus in the middle. We've got the shepherds. We've got the wise men. We've got Mary. We've got Joseph. And we've got angels up here. This is pretty good. Do you see any characters that are missing at all? Yes. We do. You do? All right. Well, let's see, because there's another character in this story that I know you've been longing to hear about. We've been talking about. You might not have heard of this character before, but it's in the Bible. Maybe you just haven't seen it yet. And so I want to introduce you to another member of the Nativity story. And he is right here. We're going to give this guy a name later on. We have a dragon and the nativity story. Have you ever heard of a dragon in the nativity story? Leave it to 2020 for a dragon to come in the nativity story, right? That's a good way to ruin Christmas right there. But if you have your Bibles in the book of Revelation, the chapter 12, we are going to see that there indeed is a dragon in the nativity story. And we're going to have a little guy right there too. In Revelation, the 12th chapter, starting in verse 1, it says... And a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth. Well, who is that? Mary? That's a good guess. Maybe we could even say, a lot of people say, well, this is probably like God's collected people of all time, God's faithful witnesses through all time. Uh, of course, you know, Mary was the one who ultimately gave birth, and we want to give her all the credit we can. But remember God's promise back in Genesis, when Adam and Eve sinned, when they were deceived by the snake, what God's promise was, was I will put enmity between you and the woman. He's talking to the snake. And between your offspring and her offspring... He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. In other words, that the offspring of woman 
was going to be the one who ultimately conquered the snake. So we see that going into work here in the woman in this story in Revelation. Then in verse 3 it says, And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, look, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns. Oops. They were all out of ten, uh, seven-headed dragons on, uh, on Amazon. So that's, we've got to talk to Jeff Bezos about that and see if we can get those in stock sometime. He does have nine horns, so that's, that's a good start. And with ten horns on his head and seven diadems, his tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to earth. Does anybody want to guess who the dragon is? Satan, that's right. The, one of the younger people in the room is the only one that got it. That's amazing. That's right. It's Satan. And it says, And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. Oh, well, maybe that's why we don't put it in the Christmas story. There's nothing like saying that there's a dragon after baby Jesus trying to devour it, is there? We know the baby in the story is Jesus. And so here we have this story, this dilemma, where the snake is all grown up, and he's coming after God, who's come down as a baby. What happens? Well, like the book of Revelation, most of the time, whenever there's a war between God and Satan that breaks out, it's generally very quick. God wins a very decisive victory. And this is the case that happens here as well. It says, She gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron, Jesus. But, even though the dragon was pursuing the baby Jesus, but her child was caught up to God and to His throne. Not only to heaven, but to His throne. This is what we saw in Revelation 4 and 5 several weeks ago. Jesus, the, 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 the lion that was the lamb who was slain, but was, but was standing there because He's victorious over death. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God in which she is to be nourished for 1260 days, which incidentally is how long 2020 is, if you wanted to know. I don't think we need to take a lot of guesses who this child is. We know it is Jesus. But what we understand here is that if Satan cannot overcome Christ the child, then he can also not overcome Christ the King. What we saw in the book of Revelation over and over, and we're building up to it as we've walked through it, is that God is victorious over Satan, even when he came as vulnerable as a human being, born as a child, born basically into poverty, into a family of weakness, not a family of power. Jesus was victorious over Satan. Satan has nothing. The dragon has nothing on Christ the child, and he cannot defeat Christ the King either. Amen? And that is the message that we celebrate at Christmas. But the story doesn't end there in the book of Revelation. The story continues, and it says in verse 7, Now war arose in heaven, Michael, that's one of the good guys, and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, 
that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world, he was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. This is the throwdown that happens when Satan is thrown down. Verse 10, And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power of the kingdom of God and the authority of His Christ have come, for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they love their, their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them, But woe to the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. The message of Christmas is that Christ has come down, and because he has come down, Satan has been thrown down. But there's some bad news in that too. You see, what happens in the rest of the story is that Satan's focus, the dragon's focus, is no longer on Christ the child because he clearly lost that battle. But Satan's focus is now on God's people, the church. You and I are now in the crosshairs of that seven-headed beast from hell. Here's what it says in verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, I love it. It's like he didn't even see what had happened until he was already thrown down. It happened so fast. He pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. But the woman was given the two wings of the great eagle so that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness to the place where she is to be nourished for a time and times and half a time. Sounds like overtime to me. The serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with a flood, but the earth came to the help of the woman. I love this. Not only is God fighting for us, but we see that God's creation is fighting for us. The dragon, fire didn't work, so apparently he tried out to flood us out. And what happens is that the earth opens up its mouth and swallows up to protect God's people. It says the earth came to the help of the woman and the earth opened up its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had pillared from his mouth. Then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war with the rest of her offspring on those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. And he stood on the sand of the sea. I don't have time to read the rest of the book of Revelation to you, otherwise you'd start opening presents in the middle of the sermon. We don't want that to happen. But what I can tell you, over the next four Sundays, starting January 3rd, we're going to take a look at the last four messages in the book of Revelation, and what we're going to see is that the dragon is striking out in his fight against the church. That even though the dragon has us in his crosshairs, and he will throw everything at us, He will throw death and destruction and disease and division, but ultimately we will find that Satan has been defeated. And we will find that if Satan cannot overcome Christ the child, 
that he cannot overcome Christ's church. Church, if there is a message that we need to hear this year, it is this. It is that Satan is like a little kid who's holding a balloon. And I would give you an example of this, but I don't want to spray particles all over the place in this crazy year, right? And the little kid blows up that balloon. Now, that doesn't tie it, but it's holding it in his hands, all blown up, and then releases the balloon. What happens? It makes a lot of noise and flies all over the place and distracts a lot of people, but at the end, it runs out of air and is done. Church, that is what will happen to Satan. He will make a lot of noise. He will distract a lot of people. He will divide us. He will will do things to try to destroy us. But what we have to understand is he is just full of hot air. And that ultimately what will happen Ultimately, what will happen is that he will be deflated. He will be no more. That a time is coming when his rule will end and that he will collapse because he is nothing but hot air. Church, this is hot air. This is good news. And in a year where we've seen so much hot air, so much division, so much pain, so much disruption, so much death, we must be reminded that this is not the victor in the story. That the child who came from heaven, who stepped down from on high and who has ascended back onto the throne, he is the center of the story. He is the center of our lives. He is where our salvation is won. He is the one who can overcome even death. And he is the one who will help the church to overcome Satan's attacks. Hot air, good news. Which will you build your life upon? Of all the hot air that is out there right now, we pause tonight to celebrate the one who has not only brought us good news, but who is good news incarnate. G.K. Chesterton has said, Fairy tales do not tell children that dragons exist. Children already know that dragons exist. Fairy tales tell children that dragons can be defeated. Church, this is no fairy tale. But in the end, the dragon is still defeated. So, do you need a dragon in your nativity scene at home? I think you do. I think you should put a dragon right there in your nativity scene. And if you didn't get one when you came in, we've got some on your way out for you. And I think you should put him right there where it looks like he's about ready to attack Christ the child. And I think you should leave him there until Christmas morning. And then tomorrow morning when you wake up on your way to check the stockings, you should stop by that manger. Maybe you should just knock that dragon over on his side. Maybe you should have one of the kids just flick that dragon like a booger right out of the way. Maybe you should have the woman of the house put that dragon under her foot as a symbol of God's great victory that he has promised and that he has brought to us through Jesus Christ. Knock that dragon on his side and celebrate 
that the dragon who has waged war for so long, who has divided families and churches, who has tried to destroy us, who has brought death and destruction into this world, that he has been defeated by a baby boy from heaven. And his name is Jesus. Father, we come to you as people who have, have constant reminders of the pain that Satan has brought into this world, of the death and the destruction through our own choices to follow him so often, other times to the consequences of sin in this world. We declare to you, Jesus, that we turn to you and we look to you, the one who has walked in our midst, who overcame sin by living a sinless life, who overcame death by dying and trusting God to resurrection. We look to you, Jesus, for the healing that we so desperately need, for the hope that we long for, that we will receive when you return and heal this world. Jesus, we celebrate your resurrection, but it starts with you coming to the earth. And we pray that just as you laid down the glory of heaven to come walk in our midst, that we would lay down our pride, our selfishness, our pain, our suffering to follow you. That we would take up that cross and follow you, not only to the grave, but to resurrection. For that is the promise that you gave us. In your name we pray. Amen.